possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterbury Palace, your palace, your place. Waterbury Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, once again, please welcome the hostess with the mostest for your palace, your place. The woman who's making me wear a tux on Tuesday night and keeping me in the dark about the big announcement. It's Sherry Marcucci. <laughs> wow. Woo. Wow, what a what an awesome beginning to our show today. Everybody, I am Sherry Marcucci, and I'm here on behalf of the Palace Theater in Waterbury uh, for Your Palace, Your Place. And this show uh, tries to bring you kind of a, a, a nice, eclectic mix of entertainment and lifestyle and pop culture and uh, kind of a brew that's fun and lively, we hope. So um, welcome if this is your first time listening. Um, I'm glad that you're listening. And and I hope that you'll uh, tune in often. We're on the first and third Fridays of the month from 9.10 to 10 a.m. Uh, so good morning. And Tom, first of all, thank you so much for all the mystery you've created <laughs> for our big announcement. And if you're listening, you are most welcome. Uh, please do stop down at the Palace on Tuesday evening, the 23rd, from 7 uh, to 8.30 about. We're having what we're calling our big season announcement. Announcement event. We are rolling out our Webster Broadway series for next year. And if you're listening in an astute, you know that this is much earlier than we normally do this. And there's a wonderful reason why. Actually, several wonderful reasons why. So um, we wanted to create a celebratory type of event to really make this big because it is. If you've been a loyal subscriber, you are going to be blown away this year and the following year. So there's a little... Uh, so I'm kind of like the Price Waterhouse of the Oscars. <laughs> Because I don't know a thing until I get there. Is that the deal? Well, no. I think we're I'll going know a little bit before I get we, there. We are definitely right. going to give you a little more info Just a little in bit. the next few days before Tuesday. Actually, <laughs> I, I have an outline for you that we will uh, share. I mean, we wanted to really create a sense of mystery because. Because it's just fabulous news. Fabulous not only for the palace, but it'll be fabulous news. And we're going to talk about this in our show later today <laughs> as I knock over a microphone here. We're going to talk about the impact that things like attractions and venues such as the Palace Theater in Waterbury have on the economic uh, uh, health of our area. Yes. So, so this is big news. So if you're listening again this coming Tuesday evening, 7 o'clock, just join us. We'll have some champagne, and we're even giving out some Vasha's chocolate bars at Ooh, the end I'm of so the evening. I'm so glad I'm coming. Gee. There'll be entertainment. Um, so, so please plan to join us. It's an hour and a half, and we promise, but you'll be glad that you came. I also want to, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about, um, tonight is the opening of Saturday Night Fever, which is uh, one of the touring productions that we present at the Palace Theater, and we're very excited. All the former disco divas and uh, dons <laughs> are, are brushing and uh, off those silk shirts, getting them out of the closet in those uh, polyester dresses, and I had them all, and um, anyway, we're, we're going to be having a a lot of fun. The music, of 
course is great. The dancing is fabulous. And you can even join us for a little um, more, a little extra beyond the ticket price for disco parties for the performance after the performance this evening and after the Saturday night performance. So, and there's a matinee as well this weekend. So, come have some fun. It's it's winter's almost over. It's time to start shedding our heaviness of winter and get out there and shake it up a little bit. So, Saturday night fever the Palace Theater. We do have some tickets. Don't wait though. And now I am very 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 excited. <laughs> Because I have a co-host today, Tom, besides yes, you, of course, but you, you're, yes. you're um, always here and supporting us and um, helping me when uh, I knock things over, and I, I do appreciate that. But today, you know, I like to have fun and have some people on that the audience might not always get an inside look at, and that's what we try to bring, some you know, kind of insight to things you might not always have uh, access to. So we're giving you access today to a wonderful guy, really. And uh, I'm talking about, let me just say who it is, and then I'll give all his credits, but Jim Masters is in the studio with me this morning. Good morning and welcome, Jim. Good morning. It's good to see you, Sherry. It's very good to see you you as well. And Thanks for inviting me. Oh, well, my pleasure. Thank you that you accepted the invitation, first of all. <laughs> but, um, well, we've been friends for a long time, we, so this was automatic. Oh, you're a, you're a sweetheart. And, and we're friends on Facebook, I have to say. Jim and Tom, you are like this, too. Jim is so upbeat and positive. The messages he puts out on Facebook, if you can't you're smiling all the time. You know, you're really, you've, I know that's important to you, and we'll get to that in a minute, but I want to say who Jim is. For those of you who might not know, Jim and I met about 10 years ago, a little bit more than that, actually, and um, at the time, you did a radio show on WELI, a New Haven uh, station. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, the Home Shopper show. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, many years. And and so, we were talking in my role as uh, the work I do for the Palace as the marketing uh, director. We were talking about ways we might benefit from working with you. And one of the things that we talked about, do you remember this, Jim? Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, right? We said, oh, we should have our own show together. We'd be around. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we did talk about Absolutely. that, and it was just because we hit it off the second we met. We did. We were we laughing. Did. We were hugging. We, we were, and you know, you know um, two people who yeah just have we're having. Sometimes a good time. you walk in the room and it's an automatic it, situation. That's right. That's right. And for and, us, it was. But whoever you know, I mean, we were saying it, but sort of tongue in cheek, and then here we are now today. So, in a wonderful WATR, legendary broadcast station, an honor to be on thirteen twenty. You know, absolutely. I'm a broadcaster's broadcaster, so it's uh, it's you an know. honor to be in this building and on the station. Wow, that's so nice. That's that's kudos that's to true. you for oh, yeah. you know saying that. Yeah. But let me just um, I mean just talk a little bit about your your extensive resume. Uh, you know, you're a veteran, award-winning television and radio personality. For for those of you who might be saying Jim Masters, Jim Masters, I know the name. Let me think of the face. The face is you've seen him on Connecticut public TV for 25 years. 25 years as of December. Yeah, oh we had 25 years on CPTV. Wow. Amazing, you, huh? you must be doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> but Jim is that wonderful... I um, moisturize. <laughs> you told me you were going to tell me your secrets. <laughs> That's secret number one revealed. Okay. Drum roll. Ladies, listen. In five minutes, we'll have the next one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you, you have... Um, There's the drum roll. See? Thank you, Tom. Only the best Thank at WATR. We're just having a good old fun time here. <laughs> but 
But Jim, twenty five. Please continue. Years. <laughs> Talk about how you how how did your career in broadcasting start? Well, if I didn't do broadcasting, if I didn't enter the wonderful world of radio and television, I was going to be an architect because I studied mechanical drawing. I love architecture, oh. old and new. Yeah, I studied architecture, which is another reason why I love the palace. The architecture, the ambiance, the aesthetics are incredible. But um, I toured TV stations when I was a kid okay. and in New York and then got a tour of uh, Channel 3 in Hartford because we used to come up from Long Island. My mother is the youngest of 16 out of Connecticut. Connecticut. No, the, the no. master side, father side is all New York. Mother side, all Connecticut and New England, Massachusetts. She's the youngest of sixteen. She's listening right now oh, from Florida. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Sunny Florida. <laughs> but uh, so when we would come up to see our uh, aunt. Gertie and Uncle Ray <laughs> and Windsor <laughs> Locks that. and all their other relatives. Uh, I always thought it was kind of cool to visit uh, some of the TV and radio stations. So Channel 3 used to always have me sort of like on their speed dial. And whenever we came up to Connecticut, I got a nice tour of three behind the scenes. And I was just very turned on by all of it. And uh, I was always a kid, which I'm sure everybody in this building could probably relate to. I used to walk around the house with a cassette recorder and uh -huh. pretend I was a reporter and record everything. The and hairbrush, we the used curling to do iron. plays in the garage. <laughs> yeah. We used to do all kinds of stuff. So I was always into uh, communicating, studied it in school. High Where'd school. Where'd you go to school? Where'd uh, you go to uh, college? It, uh, LIU in New York. Okay. Yeah, Long Island okay. University. Studied uh, communications, visual and performing arts was the specialty. Television, radio, marketing, journalism, media law, the whole bit. But... Um, High school, I did um, the radio station, the newspaper. College, I did the radio station, the newspaper. I was uh, president of the uh, debate team in college. Well, that's communication not, skills. Yeah, I mean, you know what's interesting, and I think this is true. So I love it. Although you said, you know, architecture was a love as well, yes, so you could yes. have gone down that yeah. road. Both creative too. They're creative Absolutely. arts. Absolutely. Yeah. But you were really building all along, all along, and I think that's true. For I know Tom. You can attest to this that in your youth you were a rat, a radio rat, right? You were yeah. hanging out. Yeah. We've got somebody here on our staff at the palace whose young son is is kind of uh, going down that road. Uh, uh, Nathaniel um, Zembrowski, and uh, son of Jennifer, our COO at the palace. So you know, people do start very yeah. young, yeah. and and right it's so it. wonderful when it's nurtured. Yes. When somebody's interests are supported by the people. You know their parents, their you know Family, caregivers, yeah. support system. Yeah, yeah. I also always admired and followed uh, the news anchors and the Voice of God promo announcers, the mm -hmm. staff announcers, and I knew all the call letters to all the stations, and I was just very fascinated by the television and radio industry, the fact that you can be on the air in a studio, and, you know, I still, the family will, will tease me, because if we're on the highway and I see, like, a transmitting tower for a radio or TV station, I'll point it out, did you know that's WXYZ or whatever, <laughs> and they're like, uh-huh, yeah. or there'll be a news van passing by, or a heli news helicopter, hey, look, that's a channel... Even though yeah. I work in the industry, yeah. I still get You're turned still on. And they're like, yeah. uh huh, so it's a van. Yeah, yeah but it's right. the news van from XYZ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I still get turned on by it all. And I've, yeah. uh, I'd say in about two years, it's been about 30 years for me in the industry wow. already, in New York wow. and here yes. in Connecticut. Now, and as I, I alluded to the fact that I follow you on Facebook and, and you know, you're all over. So he's the best social media person I have ever met <laughs> this morning and last night. You were on. On Twitter and LinkedIn and talking about being here today. So thank you for that. But 
you know, how... Um, well, what I wanted to say is that you are so busy. I don't know how you do all this. I mean, you're you're on the train to New York, you know, practically daily. So, you know, you started your career here in Connecticut, but it seems in the last like five years that you have. I, I don't know. It seems like you're busier well, than Well, you ever. know what it is? People have said that. I started in, in New York uh, on Long Island. I worked for uh, Cablevision, WLNY, TV 10 and uh, 55, which is now owned by CBS. I worked for uh, public television. I started with public television in New York for WLIW back in 1987. Then when I moved to Connecticut, I uh, got connected with Connecticut Public Television in 1990 because okay. I had already been working with PBS. So that's been the 25 career year there. But... Uh, um, I just always made sure that I um, kept good relationships with all the places that I've worked at so I can go back to a station or a production company, whether it's a station in New York or I used to work with WTYD and WNLC in New London oh, on the sure. air. and We did yeah. a shopping show there and news and everything there. Um, there's a show that I've done called Perspective TV, which has aired on Channel 8. Also, NBC Connecticut, where we go around with the camera crew and we celebrate restaurants and all kinds of great places in Connecticut, sights and sounds. Well, now, uh, uh, you'll have to I come see to the TV palace. I do see you TV news. You'll have to come to the palace for one yes. of those segments. Yes. Yeah, that Absolutely. would be great. And we've come to the palace for so many great events. I met Carol Burnett there and Dave Coz and just so many. I think the palace is just a treasure in Connecticut and not just architecturally, but the, the amount of incredible talent that's coming through there now is tremendous. And you, you do a phenomenal job with marketing and PR. And just not only, you. you know, the the nuts and bolts of the shows and the dates and the ticket prices and all that, just the feeling and the experience. When you walk into that theater, you do feel history. Yeah. And you feel like you're a part of something excited. And I've had so many people that I've interviewed on radio and television, on various platforms, when they, and I'm talking about top level, Level celebrities and talent who've come through the palace, and I'm sure you've heard it a million times, and every single one of them says, I love playing that venue. I love the acoustics, I love just the aesthetics, the response of the audience, the history. It's just a great we place. Do, we do hear that. It, it, it's a fabulous venue from, from certainly a, a customer's perspective, but also, as you're um, pointing out, from a performer's perspective. And, you know, Tom, you've been on our stage as a performer. It's incredible. And you have as yeah, well. Yeah. You've, you know, introduced shows. And it's, it's, it's an amazing, amazing place. So it looks like we're... Oh, no, we've got a couple of minutes before we take our break. Okay, good. Because I want to ask you, of all the things now you're doing voiceover work for national accounts and yeah I've been doing a lot of national PBS specials uh, I host a show called CU TV News which actually comes out of New York I've worked with the television side uh, and my co-host is Doug Llewellyn who you may remember from the People's Court yes of course and, and you know I saw that picture and I yeah, said that's Doug yeah we okay. worked together in New York for actually since well 2004, so over 10 years now, and we do the television show, which goes across the country, then we do radio shows on CU TV News Radio, where we interview everybody, psychologists, motivational speakers, on a daily basis, too, in addition to everything else, but I've been doing a lot of uh, master ceremonies work uh, for Broadway and for a lot of the major... Uh, players in New York as well. Wow, uh, that's, yeah. that's impressive. A lot so going on. Out yeah. of all the things you've done, 
What's your favorite? Sitting here next to you on WATR. <laughs> right answer. <laughs> and I, you, you, said, you would agree, right? <laughs> that was the perfect that answer. Was the that was the perfect. And it's answer. not even on it's the not script. Scripted, no, <laughs> but you know, you, none of this is. And you're good. You're, none of this is scripted. You've got a 40-page bio on me that I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> you did. But I, you know, when I, I, I like to talk. Obviously, it's great. And I like it's to terrific. hear. What you somebody wanna, says. Want, right. It's about and feeling you, and emotion. You said something that I think if you're listening and you're a young person and interested in a career, in any career, but in particular um, to a broadcast career, you mentioned something that's so important. You said, I work at maintaining the relationships I've created so I can go back to them. And particularly for a career such as broadcasting where there's a lot of um, uh, freelance work. Yellow you're not necessarily uh, yeah. on a contract. Or you might not ever be an changing. Everything's different. You need to constantly be able to, you know, keep look it moving up your, and yeah, look up your moving. past contacts and say, "Hey, I'm available." Well, you said it seems like in the last five years, all of a sudden here they're everywhere. Yeah. Part of that too is because of social media. So, yes. and I yeah. say to people, I've always been doing all of this. Yeah. It's just that maybe you, you knew me it. from WLI or from just CBTV or one of these different venues. But I've always been doing 55 different things. It's now with social media, you can share that with everybody. That's you're so, absolutely right, and you were one of, of the social media. You first people that totally, um, you got it, and you 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 took that because I remember you saying, Sherry, you got to get on social. Sherry, are you you know? And um, and I'm like, hey, yeah. Especially being in marketing <laughs> PR, right? But now you see. Yes, absolutely. It's I a great way I'm to connect with people. Definitely not as prolific as you, Jim. <laughs> Prolific. <laughs> well, we do need to take a break now because you and I are going to have uh, a, special a, guests, yeah. a, a phone interview in a couple of minutes. So we'll take a break and we um, hope you'll join us in two minutes for Your Palace, Your Place as we continue. The Palace Theater, Your Palace, Your Place. Shows for the whole family. Waterbury Palace, Your Palace, Your Place. Waterbury Palace Theater, Your Palace. Medical Part B covers a second opinion in some cases for non-emergency surgeries. Hi, this is Kiara from Western Connecticut Area Agency on Agent, a nonprofit agency that offers free and unbiased information to seniors and younger persons with disabilities. A second opinion is when a doctor other than your regular doctor gives you his or her view about your health problems and how your problems should be treated. In some cases, Medicare covers third surgical options. You pay 20% of the Medicare approved amount and the Part B deductible applies. For more information about covered services by Medicare, call Western Connecticut Area Agency on Agent at 1-800-994-9422 or 203-757-5449.
Since 1987, the Sullivan Brothers at One Wilkett Road on the Waterbury Town Line have offered superb craftsmanship and design excellence. That's quite a record. Think of it. For 27 years, from designer assistance to material selection to finished construction, the Sullivan product has far exceeded expectations. This is Ed Flynn, and I'd like you to remember this number, 203-879-4555. No job is too large or too small. From kitchen or bath to in-law apartments, from sheetrock to crown molding, decks, roofing, siding, electrical and plumbing, inside or outside, the Sullivans turn dreams into reality. My friend John Sullivan and his great crew invite you to visit them at 1 Wilkett Road, Wilkett on the Waterbury Town Line. Call 203-879-4555 and view their beautiful showroom. You'll love your Sullivan Brothers look. The Flynn family did. It is 931 here at 1320 AM WATR and currently we have 23 degrees here in Waterbury. This time and temperature is brought to you by the Savings Bank of Danbury. Get your mortgage done your way at Savings Bank of Danbury. Apply online at sbdanbury.com. Savings Bank of Danbury, equal housing lender. Good morning, Tom. Our warm front moving in our direction will take the sunshine this morning and begin to fill the skies with cloudiness. The clouds increasing today. Highs of 35. Few rain showers tonight. There could be a few pockets of freezing rain showers as well, 30 to 35. Mostly sunny, 50 tomorrow, and partly sunny upper 40s on Sunday. Cooler still Monday. Going to be mostly sunny, 40 to 45, and partly sunny upper 30s on Tuesday. This is WATR meteorologist Bill Jackwoman. Thank you, Bill. Currently 23 degrees, 931. And now, Sherry Marcucci once again with her very nice presentation today. Very fancy. With her new co-host and everything. Your palace is your place. Thank you, Tom. And we're back. We're back with your palace, your place. And today, my co-host, Jim Masters, and I are um, just having a blast. I, I, I hope you're enjoying the show. Now we're going to uh, turn a little bit more, a little bit more serious. Um, and uh, we have someone who is joining us on the phone uh, for an interview. And just... I want to say that for um, the arts and culture, um, the palace, you know, presents this show, but it's not just about the palace. And I hope you're getting the breath and flavor of that over the past few months, how we've expanded the show to include other um, arts outlets. And so on the phone with us today, we have a woman, um, Lisa Marcinkowski-June, who is joining us. And she is the program manager for Poetry Out Loud, uh, a program that's uh, funded by the Connecticut Humanities Council. Um, Lisa, good morning. Actually, uh, my name's Lauren Miller. Lisa came down with a case of laryngitis. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> I work with Lisa here at Connecticut Humanities. Which ra- with radio would be the only reason uh, not course. to be on his laryngitis, right? I know, I know, but I certainly didn't want to leave you hanging. We're very, very excited well, thanks about... Thanks for joining us yeah. and uh, I'm pitching in for it. her. Yeah. Thank you so much, Laura. Well, you're, you're a sport. I don't know. Have you have you done anything of this nature before? Or? Oh, yeah, and a past lifetime, but um, oh, okay. I, I would be very happy to talk about Poetry Out Loud because we're, we're so excited to be a part of it. Well, the reason, of course, that we invited you to talk about this is because you're actually having one of your, is it the regional? Uh, uh, our regional semifinal contest. At the Palace Theater this coming Tuesday and during the daytime or late afternoon. So why don't you tell our listeners, first of all, what, what Poetry Out Loud is? 
Sounds great, yeah. Sure, yeah. Poetry Out Loud is a national competition for high school students where they um, memorize, interpret, and recite poetry. Um, we offer this in the state of Connecticut. As I, I, we started to figure out, I work for Connecticut Humanities. We're the statewide uh, Humanities Council, and we do this program in partnership with the Connecticut um, Department of Economic and Community Development with the Office of the Arts, specifically. Okay. So I've had this great partnership for the last three years to offer this program statewide to any high school that wishes to participate. Laura, what what is important about poetry, and why are we using it as an outlet for high school students? What what specifically is the goal of this project? Well, you know, there is some very pragmatic goals, like we want to give students uh, the uh, practice and confidence in public speaking. That's one piece of it. But the beauty of poetry is that, you know, the words are used to paint pictures and to express things that we can't always say on our own behalf. We've found that students learn so much about themselves and the world around them by learning other poets' work. And so the power of the written word and, and expressing it out loud, do you see, do you see that when, when students, and some, I don't know, and you can tell us how you get these students, but some may come somewhat reluctantly, possibly, or, you know, have no interest in poetry. And then do you see some sort of a... Yeah, sort of a, gain an interest and yes, appreciation gain, for it. Yeah. yeah, and a transformative... Right. It's, um, it's an expressive form and it's individualistic. Right. Yeah, no, I think poetry inhabits this beautiful place between humanities and art. You know, art allows us to express ourselves. Humanities allows us to interpret and understand what we're expressing. Poetry comes together and allows students to, to find snippets of life in these poems from other people that they can relate to completely. And they may never have thought about um, reading poetry or certainly never reciting it before. But something will speak to them in a poem. And they have hundreds to choose from, by the way. Um, so just everyone can find something that speaks to them. And I think one of the hurdles, of course, is the reticence to speak in public. Certainly, sure. poetry may not be the coolest thing in all high schools. Um, I can't imagine why, but, you know, it's true. Uh, so we do offer a lot of support for both uh, classroom teachers and the students to help them get over that um, reluctance to speak and recite poetry. So um, do, do you have, can you cite an example of, you know, a student that you um, worked with and saw really blossom as a result of being a part of this? Oh, you know, every year, every year we have several students who in their feedback forms tell us that um, they've discovered something new about themselves, that they are so much more confident, or they have new focus in life. You know, in fact, this year for our finals competition, um, that'll be held later in March. We have a, a remarkable young woman who's going to be our MC, and her name is Adela Shepard. Adela was um, a state champion for um, Poetry Out Loud, and she has gone on, completed college. She's now an educator and a poet in her own right, and she works with mm -hmm. students all along the shoreline, um, both as a mentor and as a teacher. She yeah. tells us very clearly that Poetry Out Loud changed her life and helped her put her to put her on this path you know what's great about this too is it helps to build um, self-confidence and expand on public speaking skills two things that of course are needed in life and in business and just to try to be a successful well-rounded person wouldn't you agree Laura I absolutely would and again we get those kinds of comments back from our students who participate all the time 
That's one great. of the most rewarding programs I've ever worked with. Laura, how does a student get involved, and how do you, you know, uh, recruit students? What schools are involved? Talk a little bit about that in case someone listening is like, I'd like to bring this to my child, uh, this opportunity, or my grandchild, or, you know. In the and school. is it all ages, too? Is it open to all age groups? Actually, it is open to high school students Specifically only. Specifically high school. And um, what we do is we, we actually work directly with schools, with teachers in the schools, who would like to have their students participate. We don't directly recruit the students. We do that through the schools themselves. And we have materials available, and we conduct outreach, notify all the schools that we have, you know, contacts. We, we find all the principals, send them all an email, and the schools that are interested respond to us, and then we work them through the process. And our process includes a, a full day of professional development workshops for the teachers who choose to participate. And they can take these skills and the curriculum ideas back to their own classrooms and adapt them there. How many students are involved this year, Laura? This year we actually um, had, uh, I have a precise number here, 6,282 students statewide. Wow, 6,000? That is incredible. Mm -hmm. yeah. so what, Wow, what happens great is these, these schools, we have um, uh, 43 schools signed up at the beginning of the year. 38 of them are sending champions to these semifinals. But what happens mm -hmm. is in the schools themselves, they construct their own contests so that they will have a classroom champion, a grade level champion, and ultimately a school champion. And the school champions will go on to these regional semifinals like the one that we're having at the uh, Palace Theater this coming week. And, and then from that, and then someone or some ones, how many um, end up going to the next level or the next round? So we'll have uh, 17 schools represented at each semifinal. Each of those competitions will yield seven champions to go to the state finals. And wow. then at the state finals, we choose the state champion. And that individual will go on to the national competition later on in April. What is the uh, criteria for judging? How do you judge? I'm sure it's got to be really, really tough because, again, there's so many different interpretations and expressions. Mm -hmm. How is the judging done? Well, we do have uh, panels, separate panels of judges for each of the levels of competition, the semifinals and the finals. And we recruit judges that have expertise, and uh, some of them have theater backgrounds. Some of them are writers, poets in their own right. We do have um, two different kinds of judges. We have interpretation judges and accuracy judges. Part of this, the, the students are, are expected to recite the poem verbatim. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the interpretation comes with those performance judges, and they will figure out whether or not the student really understands what the poem is meant to convey and how well they put it into their own words or, or their own inflection. Laura, this is um, phenomenal. I mean, when I hear about, first of all, a wonderful use of state funds, I would think, because 6,000 students That's being incredible. served is incredible yeah, to absolutely. me. Absolutely. So, and just um, the life skills, as Jim pointed yeah. out earlier, yeah. it, whether or not you go on to a career that uses you know, the poetry piece, you're, you're developing your self-confidence and your ability to communicate something you'll use in any realm of life. So uh, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful sound like a fabulous program and um, we thank you for pitch hitting this morning and oh, happy uh, to do it <laughs> and um, it was a pleasure I, I can't wait to uh, have uh, host the students and see them coming through this Tuesday at the Palace Theater right here in Waterbury uh, Laura thank you uh, again and um, good luck on Tuesday 
Thank you very much, and I appreciate the opportunity to tell folks about this great program. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. And now we're going to take a, a one last break before we uh, come back and talk a little bit about the impact of tourism on our state and our region. So stay tuned. It's the coffee. <laughs> Thank you. And we are back, and we are happy to have in studio with us this morning um, a friend, uh, a colleague of mine, and um, someone who uh, I sit on a board with, and that is Jeff Dunn, who is the executive director for Landmark Community Theater in Thomaston. Welcome, Jeff. Welcome, Thank Jeff. Thank you. Good to have you with us. Good and, to be here. And... We also uh, served together uh, as board members for the Western Region Tourism Council. That's correct. So today I thought it would be interesting for our listeners to kind of find out, you know, the the state budget is going through all kinds of uh, cutbacks, cutbacks and, right, right, and refining right. and everybody is pleading their case before right. the legislature. And Jeff, you recently, you recently did that last Friday uh, yeah. evening. Yeah, uh, Wednesday. A oh, Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm yeah. sorry, last Wednesday I, evening. I drew the short, short straw <laughs> uh, from the CVB, so I got to go and uh, I probably testified by about 10.30 at night. but So I really got the chance to sit there and listen to a lot of testimony from a lot of different agencies. And they're all saying the same thing. Don't, don't cut our budgets. Don't cut our budgets. We need this. We need this. And I'm saying nothing different. Right. Um, the only, I think the only difference with tourism and the money that they're putting into tourism is that when you put money into that, you're getting more money back. You're generating more tax revenue. So it's helping to fund all those other programs. Well, one so, of the things I was going to say, just to get right to that, it, it just some incredible figures here. Tourism in Western Connecticut resulted in over $2.8 billion of direct spending, employed over 25,416 people, and generated local and state tax revenues of over $591 million. That is nothing to sneeze and at. Those that's are all big numbers. That's those not Change. That's yeah, and I, I don't think it's, it's actually you know digging a lot deeper on that. You know what other what other amounts are being generated through that tourism? You right. know right. what's happening in the restaurants and and, and all the hotels, hotels, and all certainly so theaters, and yeah, it's it's just a huge number. And I tried to make that clear in the three minutes I had to speak, that, you know, uh, your investment in tourism, while they're trying to find funding for everything and they're cut, cutting here and there, the cuts to tour, to the tourism budget really will impact I- impact the state in a negative way. The, the less money you spend, the less money you'll generate. And um, I 
I don't know what the exact figures are. Um, you know, they, you hear them all over. But for every dollar spent in in marketing. Uh, it returns twenty five dollars. Right, I've heard as much as right. sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. So right. th- those are big numbers. Those are big numbers, and it's it's always that chicken and the egg kind of um, um, conundrum that you know people find themselves in when they're charged with you know developing a budget for something like if if, if we don't have the money, if we cut back on letting people know what we have, uh, you know, then everything gets hurt that way. It's it, like you say, everything is all threaded and everything is all connected. It also promoted the region's attractions and activities with over 100 travel writers generating articles for Western Connecticut, including AAA Magazine. This is all, you know, articles and information, a promotion that would never happen. That's right. Boston Globe, New York Times, Yankee Magazine, Carolina Woman, Travel 50 and Beyond, Just Lux, and many others. I mean, there's also a pride factor, too, in promoting your state and where you live and where you're from and the offerings, because if, if we don't do it, the neighboring states are certainly going to do it and attract people there Absolutely. as well. And we're, by the way, we are talking about only one region. We are it's talking about yeah. the region that runs, and it used to be that there was a Waterbury region, a Danbury region, a Fairfield. Well, 14, down you know, to there, 9, yeah, down to 3. Yeah, there's three regions covering towns, yeah. 64 towns, yeah, I believe, yep, that yeah. used to, Waterbury's region used to cover nine towns. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and they're doing it with less dollars every year, every year, every year. So I mean, it, the 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 logic is sort of um, lost, if you will. I yeah. mean, it just yeah. makes sense to to put dollars that, as Jeff said, is going to generate tax revenue, which is going to be able to fund some of those social programs and other things that add to the quality of life for everyone in the state. And part of it. You know, you, we have people traveling through our state all the time. I mean, you, in order to get to Massachusetts, that corridor you're, is you're, incredible. You're, you're, yeah, you're going through Connecticut. Let's get people to stop here. We have a wonderful state with all the great attractions and um, things to do, but you have to get the people to stop. And we and don't you want- assume just because you're going through Connecticut, you're going to get that. You don't. You have to advertise. It. You have to market your, your without a doubt. Your and we don't want them to just stop at the you know far eastern uh, end. <laughs> the state right, either. Right, exactly. we, we have wonderful we're Western, <laughs> we're right. Western Connecticut tourism. <laughs> we have wonderful right. um, attractions and venues and um, uh, natural resources right on this side of the state. And Absolutely. we do want to call attention to them. I mean, the palace certainly is one of them. Landmark, you know, Thomaston Opera House is certainly one. But we have a plethora of natural beauty on this side of the state from Fairfield County all the way to the Litchfield Hills. And uh, so much to tout about this region. And we want to make sure that the legislators certainly heard our voices. Um, Thank you to Jeff. And, uh, you know, and certainly, uh, you know, our our main cheerleaders, Jim Whitney and Janet Sarah, who run the Bureau um, and their staff. So a very slim staff, I might say. I don't know how they really do all that they do. But um, uh, it is it is an important job. And Jeff, how when from your perspective as the executive director of Landmark, uh, what services have your has your organization benefited from? Well, currently, um, Jim and his office uh, do uh, surveying for us, uh, so we're we're um, polling our 
our patrons and mm -hmm. our volunteers, and they they provide that service for us. I know for other organizations they'll do a, a event coordinations and, and things of that nature. I find um, you, know, you know just finding uh, marketing resources, uh, whether it be you know you're looking for lists or or whatever that you can get, get to the office and, and they're helping you with that. And Jan in Janet's office they do the unwind, which is a, a great. It's a piece. beautiful brochure, yeah. by the way. Mm -hmm. Tells you yeah. everything to do in in the in in this region, and and that's a, a huge help to us as well. Right, and right. They distributed over seventy five thousand of those unwind brochures as well. That's and a they, lot. Right, and people can pick them up. There's various locations throughout the region where they can find those. And Janet also is very active on social media and blogging and getting uh, the word out and generating articles on different different attractions and resources in this region. Ten thousand tweets. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a lot of tweeting. I mean, it's a lot. You know, Google, <laughs> WordPress. I mean, it's when really... You, when you start looking at the numbers and the visit, visits yeah. to the website, this isn't just a little, little thing that we do. I mean, there's... Tens of thousands of visits to our to the website, and people are actually planning their trips and their visits to Connecticut through through these resources. So you can't stop doing that. It would be like a store who was, wants to sell their clothing, mm -hmm. deciding not to so, have any signage, deciding anything. not right. to do any right. kinds of right. advertising about what they offer, and just expecting people to still buy their product. Hello, right. it just doesn't. Happen and that people way. are more selective about where their dollar goes these days. So You're you have so to be right. more aggressive uh, and, and forward-thinking and promotionally oriented because there's a lot, lot of dollars around us, New York, Massachusetts, uh, Long Island, and you want to pull from that. Absolutely. And there's a lot of competition to get yeah. money out of people's pockets these days. So if anything, you would want to ramp it up. Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. There's an interesting uh, tourism story from years ago out of Colorado, and they decided to cut their marketing money for tourism. They're like, we're, we're Colorado. You know, people will find us. They're going to come here no matter what. Well, they cut that and they saw it in the immediate uh, d decline in, yeah. in tourism. Yeah. And people were going to other states other that had skiing in other areas. So you can't just assume, well, we're here. The, you know, Everybody knows we're here. So right, right, come. Right. Well, no, you have to tell them every time. You have to tell come. them and you have to invite them. Because um, a lot of times people say, well, you didn't ask me. You didn't let me know. So people want to be personal. You get what you ask for. We do. Yeah. Tom's giving us, we have four minutes left. So Here's here's one other interesting thing that um, they do in the office. Um, every once in a while, Janet will come back and tell us, um, here's a key word that people are looking for this year. And it changes. Um, sometimes it's pumpkin patches. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's apple picking. Yeah. Um, it's not just leaf peeping anymore. Right. You know? Right. And right. So... Having those key um, insights and, help and everybody. And you have to keep changing yeah. that and being sensitive and responsive to what the public is looking for. So for somebody that's listening to the show right now, whether they're a business owner or they're just uh, you know somebody that lives in the area, is there anything they can do? Can they voice their opinions? Can they? Um, what can somebody listening right now do if they well, like? They gee, can, I, I hope they this can continues. certainly let their legislator yeah. know. That, that that's the uh, the biggest piece of it's it. And, you know, yeah. uh, they say, well, they're not going to listen, but they really. 
really do listen. They do. And, yeah. and they're sympathetic, but they, they need the people behind them to right. be able to do the right things. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I, I feel, again, I feel funny saying, hey, give us money when you have, you know, social service programs and all this that really are deserving. But we will generate more And that's the key. Help everybody. That is the key. Jeff, we have three minutes left, so I want to wrap up, um, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to say something <laughs> about your upcoming production that opens next weekend? Yes, uh, that we have the Glass Menagerie. Uh, Love on, uh, that. Incredible. February I, 27th. Um, Lucia Dressel, who you have on next week, will be talking more about that. But she's great. And as, Tuesday as, morning. As She'll be here. The three, so we're, we're really What's the and website for more information on that? Uh, the, the, you can go to landmarkcommunitytheater.org, and it has all the information about that show, our upcoming shows, and tickets. Fantastic. So, right. Jeff Dunn, thank you so Pleasure. much for yeah. stopping for by this us. morning on your Good luck with everything. Place. Thank you. Yes, yeah. And um, we um, have an exciting uh, weekend ahead. I want to just remind listeners that uh, Saturday Night Fever opens this evening at the Palace and it is a fun show. You're it's glowing as you say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to bring back memories oh, for yeah. many of us, yes. I'm sure. Yeah. And um, it, it's just a fabulous, a fun time. Fun time. We've got a disco uh, uh, party after the Friday and Saturday evening performances and there is a Saturday matinee more. It's all part of our Webster Broadway series and we, we so love Webster for supporting um, our touring, national touring shows. They have been with us since the beginning, and they are phenomenal. And I do want to remind folks that if you are interested at all, if we've intrigued you, earlier on by letting you know we're going to be announcing our Webster Broadway series shows the titles for next year this coming Tuesday evening at the Palace please feel free to join us we're going to have some entertainment and some actually New York entertainment and it's going to be a big deal we've got some big titles to announce not only next season but one also that we've already booked for the following 17-18 season so you don't want to miss anything so we invite to be a part of that. And if you want to know anything more about the Palace Theater, go to our website, palacetheaterct.org, or call our box office, which opens in about two minutes at 203-346-2000. And before we go, I just want to say thank you again You're to my welcome. friend here, Jim Masters. It was a pleasure. Hope um, we do it again. Oh, I, a hey, the door is open, Jim. And Great team here at WATR. It, cer- it certainly is. And uh, we, love, we love WATR. I love you know having people like you help us get the word out and Absolutely. be a part of your palace, your place, which, again, is a, just a place to find out everything that's happening in, in the region and in Connecticut about arts, culture, lifestyle, and all kinds of fun stuff. Stay tuned. Larry Rifkin. Good friends from is, CPTV originally. Is yeah. coming up Larry. next. And do something you love with someone you love this weekend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.